Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring Drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Do you know if they are actually dancing the hustle in this movie? <laughs> Technically not. They have kung fu in this I, movie. I couldn't tell. It looked kind of... Nah, it wasn't the cha-cha. Maybe it was the hustle. I used to dance them, but I can't remember the differences anymore. <laughs> it's been so they long. Do, they, do, um, they do cha-cha. That's a direct reference to Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of thought that. that's where the name comes from. They should have been kung fu cha-cha. Kung fu cha-cha. <laughs> doesn't have that ring. Right. Well, it's not even kung fu... Hu- There's no hustle in the Chinese title. It's just... Kung Fu. Technically, the is that the hus- actual yeah. Chinese uh, mm-hmm. title? Wow. Just Kung Fu. But that, I don't think that would have any sort of, uh, you know, doesn't roll. It doesn't stick with you if you had that. It's, international it's too title. generic of a title. Right. Oh, you yeah. mean Especially like from Kung Fu the series with uh, a certain? Yeah, but it's called Kung Fu the series. Asphyxiation right? aficionado. <laughs> yeah, or you know, calling the Karate Kid the Karate Kid mm. and not Kung Fu. Kid. kid. Yeah. Right. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> sure. What are we talking about We're today? talking about uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, Stephen Chow's last star... Well, sorry. Last star in comedy role. I was going to say last film, but that's not true because he, has, still, he, still, he still makes movies films, today. Yeah, yeah But mm-hmm. he's hasn't really done one of his trademark comedies uh, of... You know, like the, the ones that we know... Of, well, we. As <laughs> most people would know him from, from the, uh, the 80s and 90s. And this is the last one. It's kind of his, him trying to go out with a bang. Right? Yeah, yeah. It this is a great culmination of a lot of his signature comedy styles, right. uh, adding kung fu into it, and it's just this big mashup mm-hmm. of lots of fun references if you know them, um, but still pretty accessible, I think, if you don't, because I like the story a lot in this as well. Yeah, that's a good word that you just you just mentioned, accessible. This movie is definitely catered a lot towards the Western audience a little bit more, which is weird to say, because it, there is some, <clears throat> there are some things that you won't really get unless you are Chinese or you understand Chinese culture, but they're, they're, they're far and few between. There's, it's not a lot. So if you're watching... I believe you're watching the Chinese Odyssey movies, uh, where he was playing Monkey King. Oh yes, I Those, watched the first one. Yeah, and you're, I'm sure it was that lost was on you. <laughs> extremely uh, lost on me. Yeah, as yeah. a foreigner. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, it, that's the thing. You know, like this one's a little bit more universal. Yeah, this it, I never felt like I didn't understand something because it was probably culturally specific. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure if there were things in there it would have just added to it if i if i knew about it his his previous film shaolin soccer which we should 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 not talk about one day it, it's maybe for me i definitely think it's it it's up there with with uh you know like you could qualify as a martial arts film but that's up for debate but um that's that could have very well been it for you know his his uh his career when it comes to comedy because that's probably one of my favorites and a lot of people regard Kung Fu Hustle as 
his magnum opus mm-hmm. and uh i don't know i never got on that bandwagon uh i i can kind of see why people like it but um there's some comedy that works some comedy that doesn't work in this movie and um it's supposed to be a kung fu love letter right we're talking we, that's like the whole point of kung fu hustle right mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate for me that I, I don't see it as much as that. I, like, I go to a Stephen Chow film, one in comedy. And the kung fu is just kind of... Secondary. Uh, secondary to it, exactly. Uh, we can get into that as well. But uh, let's hear your, your opinions of this movie. Because uh, uh, I, I don't want to start off negative already. Because we're only five minutes into the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah, i mentioned before i like this movie uh Mm -hmm. every time i watch this movie i thoroughly enjoy it so it's one of those films i don't want to watch too much because i i like uh going back to a film i like uh, watching and feeling like it's like a brand new feeling so uh this is probably only maybe like the fifth or sixth time i've I've seen this movie and we lot for (laughs) you yeah yeah um we watched so we watched this before um a few months back at a midnight screening yeah and uh i didn't realize it but we were watching uh, an edited version yeah i I think i was the one who pointed it out right yeah i didn't realize that but uh what happened is when it went to mainland china they edited out the gore and then um, they edited out poop. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fun shot of a kid squatting. And right. apparently, uh, the original version, there's toilet paper next to him. And in the edited version, they digitally removed it. So you just see a kid squatting. Mm. And I'm like, what's he doing? Yeah. There's two things you can't, you're not allowed to show in China. Poop and Winnie the Pooh. Uh, They're about the same. Mm. <laughs> and blood. Spitting blood. Up. Yeah, I, I was the one to point it out. It was, and unlike you, uh, I've seen this movie millions and millions of times. Uh, I have all that time in my hand. Um, what this is fifteen years since the movie came out, so I've seen it. I've at least averaged like once a year, uh, either willingly or not willingly, just because it's on. You know, going up in a Chinese household, like it just somehow shows up. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm watching this again. <laughs> um, so like, I notice things like, oh. That guy should have been spewing blood, like when he gets punched in the stomach and stuff. Oh, for example, there's this really good gag in the very beginning of the movie where we get introduced to Stephen Chow, and he's supposed to, he's like trying really hard to be a you know a, a thug, but yeah. he's not. He's just a you know he's he's a, well. An so person. Stephen Chow enters Pigsty Alley, yeah. which is kind of like a slum-ish apartment complex, yeah. I guess you can say. And he's there parading as a, a member of the Axe Gang mm-hmm. with his sidekick friend, uh, I don't know his name. But he's <laughs> a larger gentleman who has the axes tattooed on his chest. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets... There, there's a good gag here where he's challenging everyone in the village. You know, mm-hmm. He's trying to be intimidating, but no one is buying it. Yeah. He asks this, you know, this frail little... And a Chinese lady to you know like with with flowers in her hand to to slug him in the, in the stomach. <laughs> She's, he's like, yeah, I'll I'll let you hit me first. Yeah, and in the original edit, original being the the Hong Kong edit, you see like, as soon as the the land, the hit lands, this blood just spews out of his mouth. But in the version that we saw, I guess the Chinese edit, 
he just he does the motions but nothing's coming out of his mouth mm -hmm. and that's so weird because the way that the shot is framed you can see you can see that he's on the right and there's so much space on the left yeah but there's something should something should be there exactly but they digitally removed it which is very odd <laughs> but yeah you know sensors yeah there, there's more moments like that throughout the film and uh, uh yeah like you lose a lot of the impact of what the comedy is going for um <laughs> Stephen Chow is uh, like in, infamous for like using that gag over and over when it comes to like vomiting blood, mm -hmm. uh, you know, vomiting blood, spitting out blood. Uh, you know, like, yeah, sure, it can mm -hmm. come off as violent, but it's also half the comedy uh, right. that you get out of it. He's uh, over-exaggerating these blows mm -hmm. where... Sure, it's a it's a punch to the stomach, but the yeah. fact that the guy is spitting up blood from right. it, it it you know it makes it silly. It it adds that cartoony element right. to his style, which this movie literally hits you over the head that it's a live action cartoon, mm -hmm. which which I like, which mm -hmm. I like. Yeah. If you watch some of his older stuff, it 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 has that sensibility, like it's a live action cartoon, mm -hmm. and in this one, he is very visually telling you that's what he's going for. Right. Have I have I mentioned this to you? How I I kind of in my head draw parallels to uh, f from Stephen Chow to all the Naked Gun movies uh, in terms of comedy. Well, uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen as many films from him as you have, mm -hmm. but I always got a sense that he was making a parody of something. Oh, no, maybe not, not the whole maybe not the whole movie, mm -hmm. but like there are parody elements he right. would constantly sprinkle in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and see, that's the thing about this movie. It's, it's, you know, it's pay, paying homage, but also being you know, parodies of other films, right? And mm -hmm. we could definitely want to talk, talk about those later. But Stephen Chow, uh, this is the thing that still fascinates about me about you, know, like you guys watching Stephen Chow films, is that there's a lot of cultural things and a lot of wordplay. And that's, a, that's the thing that uh, makes me connect Stephen Chow to like, the Abrams films. You know, we got Naked Gun, Airplane, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Top Secret. And, you know, like, there's a lot of wordplay there, and it's it's played for played straight. You just listen to it, and you you can kind of get the comedy out of it without the characters breaking char you know, character. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I appreciate that part. But then this movie comes out, and it's that part is downplayed a little bit more and going for the more slapsticky. Um, yeah, like the slapsticky. I wouldn't say lower brow, but it doesn't feel the same as his older films. I guess I don't know. So I don't know if it was intentional. If he was trying to maybe have a broader appeal, like I think uh, that's totally what it was. Okay, so so in that case, then yeah, uh, he can't do all the wordplay stuff because it's going to be lost on us. Right. So he went more visual, giving mm -hmm. us a lot of visual <laughs> gags, a lot of visual references that we are probably familiar yeah. with. I think you just said it. The distribution company, uh, the one who bought the rights to this movie, uh, I'm sorry, well, I guess when they were, you know, in talks of creating this film, they they were giving Stephen Chow the biggest budget budget that he's ever had, but they wanted to, they wanted to market this to, you know, international uh, audiences, so they had to make sure that people could understand it. But it makes sense, you know, like, everyone knows Bruce Lee, like, uh, you know, so they're attributing to that, they're, you know, everyone knows that basic tenets of martial arts films but they also but Stephen Chow is capable of throwing in little subtle nods to martial arts history in terms of cin uh, cinema history so you know there's there's something that 
everyone can enjoy. And somehow I'm an asshole because I don't love this film as much as people <laughs> do. Uh, Alright, what is the plot? Somebody take this from me. Uh, what is the plot? It's it's extremely uh, simple. It's a, the, probably the simplest uh, uh, plot I've so ever seen. So there is a lot of story beats, but I guess I'm trying to think of what is the general plot of this movie. Mm. Stephen Chow and friends, they're trying to blackmail uh, people in this little apartment complex uh, for a free haircut. I <laughs> <laughs> can't believe that steps off the plot. Yeah, I mean, that's literally what happens. Uh, they are trying to be threatening, and they're not, and they accidentally um, throw a firecracker at the passing axe gang and convince them that the uh, the village people, townspeople, whatever, are the ones who did it. And he gets them on their side, and the axe gang is like, uh, you know, who did this? Uh, no one's speaking, and so they're going to set a woman and child on fire. And this kind of sets off this big string of events that the movie just, like, takes off from there. Yeah. Big string of events. Right. And to make some more sense of that, it's because they pretend to be part of the Axe Gang. Yes. And that's actually because if you're coming in and you've never seen the movie, you're like, well, why would they take their side? Um, but they have fake tattoos and they have all of these things that kind of well, it's, it's yeah. established. It's established that yeah. they want. Uh, Stephen Chow has this weird notion that being good doesn't do you any good. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I made my own punny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's trying his hardest to be a bad guy, and uh, yeah, like all those string of events is just a back and forth of the villains hi- like hire new villains to take down people in the alley. The alley. Uh, somehow overcomes that and then they get another villain and then they take down you know the good guys it's constant back and forth yeah um very very simple plot it, it culminates to the end where it's literally just good guy versus bad guy right, right. um it's weird when i was watching this uh there th- it feels like steven chow's character yes he's a star but he's barely in the movie he uh it, it's kind of like he's sharing uh, the story with the uh, the people of the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. It's just as much their tale as it is his. He's, uh, I feel like he's just a response to a lot of the things that is going on because of the events he uh, put into play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love the I love the other people a little more than him. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he becomes a little overpowered at the end, which right. I felt was kind of un not unnecessary. Like I don't fully buy it. Mm-hmm. But they do at least try to give explanations to it. But uh, yeah, I love the uh, the people living in the apartment, like the landlady and the yeah. landlord. They definitely steal the show for me. <laughs> well, we have a lot of characters in this film, and very minor. Um, but yeah, like the landlady, the land lord. Lord, lord. Yeah, has, yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, have... they do call him that throughout the whole film. Yeah, right. He's also the pervert. Yes. Uh, we also have. I think oh, that's the, why I like them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have the landlord played by Yunhua, uh, Yunhua, who's um, uh, we've talked about him several times throughout the podcast. He was Bruce Lee's stunt double in Fist of Fury. He was the main bad guy of Eastern Condors. Uh, you know, he's, he gets blowed up at the ends. Blowed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, he was in that. Uh, him being one of the seven fortunes from the Peking Opera House that Jackie and. Um, 
and it's Amor at. But also, we have another opera um, veteran in the movie uh, who plays the landlady. Uh, I don't know her name, uh, unfortunately, because she had she did technically retire in the 80s. Uh, no, sorry, 80s? Yeah, I guess. No, 90s. I think 90s, sorry. But she retired for a very long time, and she hasn't been doing much. So uh, this was all happenstance that Stephen Chow was just trying to, you know, hire people, you know, uh, like for auditioning and she was just sitting there smoking a cigarette <laughs> and he was like oh you look perfect for the part and then that's how she and it turned out that she was who we actually wanted yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, that's uh, that's fate yeah that's great you know this character and then it's gonna sound terrible i hope my mom isn't listening but she totally reminds me of her <laughs> uh all mannerisms uh well, she's uh she's the asian tiger tiger mom, tiger mom yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. if you've ever heard of stereotypes like that if you watch this movie you're like yeah that's my mom <laughs> right yeah. uh it, it's funny because yeah she's in it and she does a great job she's she's annoying mm-hmm. but you know uh she redeems herself at the end you kind of understand her character a little bit more um but what no i was just gonna say it's a very good looking cast uh, to what you were saying i mean it like zero said it's mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. um this whole cast you couldn't have scripted better. Okay. <laughs> I mean, obviously there was they were looking for for certain people, but just because I feel like he made the film with these uh, actors in mind and played to their strengths right. here and there, because um, even if he found her just by chance, yeah, that's true. Uh, speak on that note, since you talked about it, we also have Bruce Leung, Leung, Leung. <laughs> Uh, in the movie, who plays the beast, the main villain, well, ultimately becomes the villain, um, who turns out, you know, like, was the, who turns out was uh, Stephen Chow's childhood hero, uh, which is kind of funny, because, uh, like, I didn't really know much about him, uh, but, because he's much older, and he, he quit acting as well, uh, and he became a businessman. So, like, I guess I couldn't recognize him, but he was in Dragon Lives Again, uh, one of my favorite Bruce Bloitation films, because that movie's <laughs> so fucking weird, where he, he's Bruce Lee comes back and fights Dracula and mummies and vampires. Oh, I want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Clint Eastwood. No, I really want to watch that. <laughs> uh, not to get it off topic, but, you know, it, it's, it's just uh, Stephen Chow definitely has... Uh, not only did he cast his regulars in this film, like we have some recurring characters from or recurring actors from Shaolin Soccer, um, you know, like we have his fat fat friends. We have uh, the, the glasses guy uh, who plays the clerk of the main villain. We have also have Danny Chan, who who is the Bruce Lee lookalike. He is literally the the Bruce Lee lookalike in every movie. He was a Bruce. He was a Bruce Lee impersonator in um, that god awful movie that just came out recently, where uh, they time traveled and they brought back Bruce Lee, Ip Man, and some other guy. Oh, that's like I forgot the name. I know what you're talking yeah. about. They're trying to do like the Avengers of, of uh, martial arts. <laughs> Let, let's not even talk about it anymore. Yeah, I want to watch that. Terrible. I heard it's. I heard it's pretty bad. I was on a plane and I saw it in the corner of my eye. I'm like, I want to gouge my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to fall asleep right now. Um, so we have uh, Danny Chan and. Um, I guess that uh, he's, he plays the the axe gang leader, um, and yeah, like we, we have those regulars. But I'm kind of upset. Oh, well, not like I was kind of disappointed that uh, they didn't have he didn't have Muntat, uh, who is his right hand man for basically all his films. 
um, in you know prior movies. Like he was the coach in Shaolin Soccer. Ah, uh, yeah, he is got it. Ev- got yeah, it. Like he, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, like he, 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 once you see his face, he's kind of like the father figure. Yeah, yeah, he plays multiple characters, like different roles in Stephen Chow's films. But it's because the actor literally said after Shaolin Soccer, he's done, he's done. with uh, doing any okay. collaborations with Stephen Chow. Now, I don't think out of animosity. It's just because he's like, I don't want to be that Stephen Chow guy. Uh, I want to okay. do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And now he's starring in terrible mainland China movies. Hey. Or TV shows, I mean. There you go. <laughs> All right. Char- actors aside, um, we could talk about the tribute to Kung Fu cinema history that this movie's trying to do. And by we, I mean, I guess me. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I am unfortunately not as keen on a lot of the references they're making, unless it's to something Western, like, like the Looney Tunes stuff, yeah. which is pretty visually obvious. Right. Uh, I, I think uh, this is the stuff that is very fun, but is a little unnecessary. The Looney Tunes stuff? The Looney Tunes stuff, yeah. There's, uh, they sprinkled it throughout, so one of the things you see is you see that the landlady is kind of running, but her feet are in this kind of cartoony windmill motion, and she's kind of going up and down the stairs. It's cute. It's fun. But if I think about it, I'm not sure if that really plays into the plot at all. Like, I think it's just a stylistic thing that he's doing. And then there's the very iconic sequence where she is chasing Stephen Chow, and they are both now running with their feet in this kind of windmill fashion. <laughs> oh and they're just God. kind of, uh, you know... Like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, and they're, His feet become donuts. <laughs> <laughs> they're running on, I guess, a dirt highway, and she's mm-hmm. chasing him, and you get that really, really uh, symphonic score that is definitely harken, harkening back to like the Looney Tunes soundtrack. Uh, can, you, oh, man, can you believe the scene was supposed to last longer? Stephen Chow wanted, uh, mm. they said that he, were, he filmed a motorcycle sequence mm-hmm. where he crashes the bike and such, and he, he took it out because he's like, oh, this would have, wouldn't have fit. But honestly, I don't think that scene fits at all. It's like I like I said like it's it's cool stylistically, but I'm not sure how it really fits into the plot. It, mm-hmm. It's just a fun visual. Like it's him, as I mentioned earlier, it's him saying, "I'm making a live action cartoon. Th- right. This is it." Right. Well, <laughs> I, I want to talk about this since we were talking about what you know what actually happens before this is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen Stephen Chow do. Is the funniest setup? Is the funniest sight gags? It's the throwing of the knife, mm. the knives. Yes, yes. This it is, is a very, the, very good. It thing. is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, probably not exaggerating. Like I, it, the first time I watched it, it floored me because I was laughing so hard. Um, just his friend is just, you know, trying to trying to throw the knife and try to kill someone, but you know, like with because of whatever circumstance, it just constantly backfires and Stephen Chow ends up. Ends up getting stabbed in the arm. Yeah, or he's like the butt of the joke this right. entire time because he is incapable of throwing this knife, and his friend is <laughs> even more incapable of throwing additional knives, and all the blades just end up in him, and it's very, very great sight gag. Right, and that's it's upsetting only because like I wanted, I I wanted that, even though it's perfect. I think that's such a good comedic moment for the film. Uh, it kind of gets ruined because it it just plummets after that with this whole wily coyote sequence and it's like oh this is not this like it's we were riding this high and suddenly it just takes such a nosedive i I was i was okay with it following that i mean he uses the knife in his shoulder as a side view mirror (laughs) i I mean i mean come on that's that's pretty clever i I have to give it that 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Whoa. Oh, beer went down the wrong tube. <laughs> All right. So, um... Uh, well, are there any that's... other references you want to make? So, those no, are there's, the only... there's tons. Uh, like, simple things like even the score, which I'm surprised Mark hasn't mentioned yeah. up to this point. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, well, that's yeah. your... your I love cents. this score. I uh, I know... Mm-hmm. I think they... I think is. Is it? Not, it's not Raymond Chow. It's Raymond something. Wong. Raymond Wong. Raymond Wong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's referencing a lot of different stuff, yeah. but it's never that obvious for me right. that it, you know, pulls me out of it. Like I just like it in general. Like the um, the horns. Yeah. The horns are great. They're very memorable. And then there are times when it goes into the strings to build all those those tension uh, moments, especially when they fight the harpists. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's great. Yeah, this, yeah. I don't usually listen to movie soundtracks, but this is actually one that I uh, had on rotation mm-hmm. after watching the movie. Right. And the American release had more tracks. So what the really? Fuck? It's, yeah. it, more, it's more a standalone. It's good. It's like any spaghetti western usually has a very good soundtrack associated with it and right. it kind of accentuates the film so yeah same exact thing here actually maybe that kind of makes sense the the western soundtrack has more just because the same movie i yeah no 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 (laughs) i i get that but it's probably um like remixes or um Mm. extended versions of something right um but only because I think the Western audience would actually appreciate it more. Mm. Specifically well, because... I don't know. It's, yeah. it's traditional Chinese instruments, right? Or it, so, it is. Yeah. It is. But there's a lot of um, Western, like, cowboy, Native American influence in that you know, music. Yeah, no, and that's why that, I think yeah. the Western um, soundtrack is extended. Mm-hmm. You know... Uh, you said it before. There are a lot of tributes through all of them, and it's kind of hard to name all of them. Blazing Saddles. Well, no, I mean, I'm like, thinking of like purely no, 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 Western. I, I mean, like in this movie soundtrack, you can actually right. hear some of those oh, tributes. Okay. Like the first one that comes to mind is Fist of Fury. You hear it directly. It's like yeah, you know, like right as soon as the Axe Gang gets introduced, you hear the the trumpets playing. Mm-hmm. It's like that's taken directly from Fist of Fury, and well, I mean, Chow. It's no uh, secret that Chow is a huge fan of Bruce. Bruce Lee, so you know he wanted to attribute him as much as possible. A lot of Italian uh, musicians' influence uh, right. from the '50s, specifically the ones that made spaghetti westerns. Mm-hmm. Um, the Italian horror uh, influencers, like music-wise, mm-hmm. uh, and then also Batman. Yeah. <laughs> in case, you, in case that one wasn't as obvious yeah. for the viewers. <laughs> Um, was it the dinner in a Batman? That would have been great. <laughs> Adam West starring. Yeah, so I don't know. I, 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 there's a there's a lot of loving homages to this. You know, Stephen Chow wanted to make sure that this is it encapsulates everything that he loves about martial arts because you know he grew up, you know, appreciating it. You know, I guess he. I guess he himself wasn't, you know, like a Jackie or anything like that. You know, he, he found his own calling, his own way of... Mm-hmm. He's definitely more comedy. It. Yeah, but no, he, oh my God, yes. <laughs> but he's the... I, I think he's he was a stuntman at one point. Mm-hmm. And um, he does do martial arts. It's just uh, the movies I remember seeing from him, they're not they're not the main focus. It's yeah. mainly the comedy. Yeah. Well, he's, his starting role... No, his starting roles were in, like, TV, uh, TVB, uh, you know, doing TV, you know, these small... <laughs> Uh, soap opera-ish uh, like roles where he's just like an extra mm-hmm. um, and you know like sometimes you'll see him just doing these really small um, 
performances that they don't want to the main actors to do because you know like oh that's gonna require getting hurt <laughs> so let's have this guy do it mm-hmm. um and obviously I'm, I'm glad he you know rose to the ranks and um you know he became one of the most prolific directors in hong kong history and it's actually a shame i, I kind of want to talk about this before we talk about the action this is my last point uh topic i want to mention but I this movie's kind of bittersweet for me because I don't hate this movie. I actually do like it. I, it's not my favorite for many, many, many reasons. We, you know, maybe one day we'll get into that. But it's bittersweet because this is his last trademark style. You know, yeah. like last movie of his trademark style. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll definitely give you that. Like this is, I think you might have said it. Like this is kind of him going out with a bang, even though he still makes movies. Yeah. But. Uh, it's I don't want to say it's lacking because if you watch some of his more uh, if you watch some of his previous stuff you can see you know it still has some of his trademark elements but it's just not it, it's like it's toned down almost yeah. like it's like he he can't go overboard with it because it's it it needs to change now. Yes. What so where's that fucking mermaid movie that he made? <laughs> oh god, I saw parts of it and I went to vomit. It's okay. It. <laughs> It, it's silly oh, it enough. doesn't matter, Mark. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> right. It, it's silly enough. Mm-hmm. It has uh, some of his, his, you know, his staple uh, yeah. comedic moments, but uh, it, I, I feel like he's kind of getting a little more into the drama elements. Like he's adding right. it a lot more, not for comedy. He's mm-hmm. adding it uh, because he wants to actually be dramatic. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Like that's what CJ7 was. CJ7 being the next film that he does after this and it's practically not a comedy. It's it's just Right. It, it it's, it's a kid, it's a kids movie. It's uh it's dramedy. Definitely there are comedic stuff to it, but it's a little more drama first. Right. Uh it's what the magic crystal was not. <laughs> <laughs> you think that was an answer to magic crystal? Oh yes, definitely. Oh, God, the mermaid, <laughs> fuck that. Um, you should check it out. No, uh, oh my it's, god! <laughs> it's it's there's enough silly things going on where you can appreciate it, mm-hmm. but that's I I think that might have been the first one with him not starring in it. No, that's not true at all. No, it's because the, after CJ Seven was his last film with him on screen. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't been on screen since. See, I have a love hate relationship with Kung Fu Hustle because again, it's that because he had so much clout after that movie and he received so much recognition i guess he just kind of gave up um but also i don't know i love the movie because you know for what it stands for and such and ex- its execution you know as well but you know i hate it because you know that's that's it that's oh no he did and, i think he did journey to the west but he wasn't CJ in it Sen- no that's what i'm saying oh, okay. like the first films with him not yeah, in it right 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 um, it's a shame yeah he he got a lot of clout from kung fu hustle and uh, I'm fine with you not escalating, you know, right. going a little smaller. Yeah. CJ7 is fine. It is, is, it is a smaller film. But then, you know, for him not to do any more movies yeah. was... Well, he uh, has the money now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he he can cast other people. But no one can get his timing. No one can get his, you know, comedic timing. No one yeah, can get yeah. his, like, his on-screen performance, you know. I think that's the shame thing. because he went, out with a, he went out on a high note. So... Yeah. That leaves us wanting more from him. Right. He can just be a director now. He doesn't have to be starring in it anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, that I kind of miss that. Like, he, you know, again, he, no one has his timing, you know, like, comedically. And we have, now we have, like, a whole void in Hong Kong uh, cinema where, like, no one's even trying to do what he did. And even if they did, it would pale in comparison because he was mm-hmm. so good at it. Uh, I mean, I don't watch too many Chinese cinema films uh, mm-hmm. besides martial arts. 
but uh, I'm not too familiar with the comedies coming out mm-hmm. from there. So. Oh my God, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I, yeah, I don't know. They're uh, all terrible. I watched these films because they were just you know everyone spoke about them because yeah. you know they're just they're good. Right. Uh, yeah. But now I don't know too many Chinese comedies that yeah. that are out there sure. that are recommended. Um. Right. But uh, just to cap this off, I am just to come off being a little bit more positive here. Stephen Chow, he has he has given hints throughout time that he. He doesn't only want to do comedy. So, yes, I love-hate relationship with this. Like, I said, yes, as an artist, Stephen Chow should go forward trying to do other things besides comedy. Um, you know, like, for example, like in King of Comedy, even though the movie is called King of Comedy, that movie's very straightforward in, in being a drama. It's, it's about a man who doesn't, he's struggling to be a director. You know, like he, he's, it's all, it's all about the, it's kind of like the Ed Wood of, of, uh, of Stephen Chow's movies. You know, he's, he wants to be, uh, well-established, uh, but he's pretending to be, you know, um, a well-known actor, uh, director. And he, you know, it's all the struggles of, you know, being who he is, you know, he's, he, it's a, it's a surrogate for who, who he really is in, in real life. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like not really a comedy, and you know, like you see that he's trying to branch out into drama, but it doesn't really work. Uh, it's an interesting movie if you ever if you've never seen it. Like the Mermaid. Uh, fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's it's a drama that can't help but be a comedy because it's well, it so... doesn't have shoehorned in, you know, uh, comedy for no reason. But no, anyways. it just looks like a joke. <laughs> yeah. Zing. Right. So I do appreciate this film because, um, uh, you know. Sorry, like I do appreciate. Sorry, that Stephen Chow is trying to branch out and do other things, but you know, still miss. Right. This, well, it's, miss it's it. just a shame because he does comedy so well. You're right, that, that's right. what it is. Right. It's just uh, yeah, he said it well. You know, it's our personal preference for him to do comedies, but you know, let him do what he wants. Right. Whatever. I didn't want this to only be a Stephen Chow episode, but you know, that's yeah. it, it, you know, that's what I feel when I watch this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, it's like I can't believe that's a, that was 15 years ago that he's, you know, he kind of stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe we'll we'll touch on his other movies another day. So let's talk about the action. The whole point of our podcast <laughs> for Kung Fu Hustle, the supposed love letter to Kung Fu cinema. Um, what do you guys think? I like uh, a lot of the setups of mm-hmm. the action in this movie. There is a constant escalation of power. Yeah, if you notice, like from, Dragon Ball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, then maybe that's not fair. And, and like I'm saying this more in a positive way, we're always introduced to uh, an adversary, and then maybe the people are equal or stronger, and then from there we're introduced to a new adversary. They show how they can defeat, you know, the current people, and it it escalates there. But as simple as it sounds, uh, it's very very effective in what it does. I, I like that you feel. You, you feel good when people, when like the villains get defeated mm-hmm. and then you feel tension when a new villain comes because you're like, oh, like they're stronger, just as, just as equal. How, how is, how are they going to survive this? Yeah. And it, it just slowly escalates from beginning to end. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you're right. Like, well, what I said before, it's, it still stands. It's you know, like, oh, villains uh terrorize uh good guys get a new person or people to 
defend, you know, or the, to fight back, and then the villains fight back, and then the you know, like, yeah, and yeah. It, it goes back and forth. Right. It, it sounds very simple. Yeah, it sounds a little simple or repetitive, but it works very, very well. Right. Well, it's, in it's this not. Movie. Yeah, it's not repetitive. Oh, I mean, yes, it is repetitive, but like they 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 break it up with like different styles, different yes. martial arts, uh, mm-hmm. martial artists. Uh, it's it's great. Yeah, you know, I, I I do appreciate that. It, it do find it weird though because knowing what the movie was. Let's say you know you come into the the production of this and you have the concept of having all these fantastical wuxia elements later in the film, right? Um, when they were in production of this film, they casted Sammo Hung to be the action choreographer. Now I like Sammo Hung a lot, but I feel like his choreography is more grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. And even he himself, during production, said like, "I don't like this. I don't want. I don't like there to be so much CG, so mm-hmm. much wire work." Um, I want, you know, my fights to be a little bit more grounded. Um, and, and, then, and then Stephen Chow coming off of uh, Shaolin Soccer, which was very, very heavily uh, CG, mm-hmm. CGI'd. Not in a bad way. No, it, I fucking it, love that movie. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> works, you know, it works perfectly. It, it works for that. So I feel that he was kind of uh, going in that arc. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to use CG, not, not to hide things, but kind of uh, extenuate what he wanted to go for. Yeah going back to the live action cartoon like you needed cgi to give that cartoony look right and yes uh sam hung uh, directed the the first fight mm-hmm. with the with the three masters but then uh yun mo ping mm-hmm. uh stepped in for the yeah. later fights which and makes sense I yeah, think that yeah works perfectly yeah in uh the last uh, episode we were speaking of fist of legend mm-hmm. and i was saying i didn't like yun mo ping's uh wire work choice mm-hmm. in that because it it kind of makes it seem cartoony, mm-hmm. but it works so well in <laughs> this movie because people are kind of floating around doing yeah. things that are over-exaggerated, but that's the tone, and that's right. actually what he's going for. So it, it's perfect here. Yeah, no, I, you perfectly said. That's exactly how I feel about it, too. And uh, I don't know why they chose Samo. You know, Samo, you know, they keep... Well, he was... You know, his health wasn't so great during the production, so I, I don't think that helped as well, but... You know, it, it's he's not right for this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Yun Wu Ping was perfectly casted for this, but I do find that kind of weird that they they, they didn't think him. of him first. Well, yeah, yes, they didn't think of him first, but also uh, there's a lot of Matrix parodies in this movie, like for sure. Yeah, yeah, and like not so glaringly obvious, like those terrible fucking movies that came out in like the well, the, no, they they the were early two uh, thousand. They were specifically referencing. The, the second right but not everyone's not everyone's doing that backwards bends t- bullet time maneuver. equilibrium what what no what <laughs> no god no we're ta- i'm talking about like everyone trying to well no one's you know, doing, doing bullet time in this movie yeah no bullet time no one's doing that trinity jumping in the air kick yeah, you know, yeah like, like, it's, like it's more subtle yeah those, those parodies have since been worn out thank god by this by this time so he does reference the the burly fight mm-hmm. in this, but it works well because they're making fun of it. Yeah. Right, right. And I mean, all the, especially at the ends where we have, well, well essentially every fight with one against many or like a crowded fight, mm-hmm. um, you know, where a bunch of people are swarming you know, and it's one against many. It, like that's directly referencing the Matrix uh, in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. this is what, 2004? Uh, Matrix. Actually, Matrix Revolutions already wrapped up, right? So I'm guessing yeah. they they're you know borrowing a lot from that as well. 
Yeah, yeah, like, and it, that the reason why I'm mentioning this Matrix at all is because they, you know, who was the action choreographer for that entire trilogy it was Yun Wu Ping. So Yun Wu Ping was just like, I'm just gonna use what I did for the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so our first fight is with uh, it was choreographed by Sammo Hung, like we mentioned. And if you didn't know that, would you have? Would you have known that, uh, you know, Samo did this rather than Yun Ping? I probably wouldn't have been able to pick that up. Um, I, now that you mention it uh, a little bit, I don't see as much floaty wire work here. Mm -hmm. It does feel a little more grounded, although it is it is still kind of fantastical. Right. Uh, I, liked, I like this fight a lot because I like the setup mm -hmm. to the fight a lot. Right. Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, the Axe gang is now pissed off. Um, they've called for backup and now the entire gang is here mm -hmm. uh, and they're trying to retaliate against this uh, the people of this um, pig side alley mm -hmm. and they covered a mother and son in uh, oil gasoline gasoline yeah. gasoline and they're like you know who you know who did this who who beat up our one guy and you got those strings playing the tension is building and he uh, the the gang leader is you know throws the lighter at the mother and son, and then finally we get one of the masters right. who steps in. Played by Shing Yu. Yeah. Shing Yu, uh, we haven't talked about him much. Have we? We Is talked it? about him for like three movies in a row, and then Fully. we, yeah, <laughs> and then we just <laughs> forgot wait, wait, about him. Any, any Master Z. Oh, yeah, oh, I was going to say Master Z. Right, right. Ip Man right. Two? Two? Two, and two and one. No, 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 no. He, yeah, Master Z, no, he was only one. He was only one. Oh, yeah, he, he gets killed. He gets, yeah. <laughs> spoilers. Mm -hmm. and then, we don't do spoilers anymore. What was the anymore. third movie? I feel like there was one more. Mm. No, probably. Yeah, uh, he's he's one of the more well-known um, uh, up and... Well, I won't say up and coming. He's yeah. in a lot, a lot of martial arts yeah. films. He's, yeah. uh, he's never the hero. He's never the, the star. Yeah. I, I've only seen him in like one starring role. Right, but he's, uh, he's great in this movie. Yeah, uh, the Cooley character. Cooley, yeah. He, well, he's minor in this movie, but mm -hmm. he Cooley... Uh, is the you know, he's a master of kicks. You know, he he does mostly just kicking movements here. And we also have two other um, performers who are the uh, heroes, the the main three heroes in the movie. Uh, well, in the beginning of the movie, we have uh, men with iron like uh, iron rings. Yeah, thirty six chambers. Hey, oh yeah, yeah, yes, that is yeah. a reference. See, I don't know if this, is this lost on you guys that um, it's. Like it got my family in hysterics when he took the shower ring, like shower, uh, um, the curtain rods, the curtain rod ring. Well, he drew on, on like a dry clothes. cleaner, yeah. So yeah. he just hangs all the clothes on right. those. Right, so right, exactly. That setup is great though because uh, when we in we're introduced to his character, mm -hmm. they have that uh, top down shot, yes. and you always see them. Mm -hmm. At, at the side of the frame, yeah. but it's it's inconsequential. But you here's the thing: every master, if you rewatch the movie, mm -hmm. and when the introduction happens for every single master, it's a POV shot of them, but within the foreground right. or background or the immediate action that they're doing describes what they're a master yeah. of. Yeah, right. which is mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, remember remember that point because I want to talk about that when we get introduced to the beast later because it. Oh, I guess I could bring it up right now. Huh. Uh, when Stephen Chow's walking down the hallway, you you actually hear frogs, frogs you yeah. know, just like riveting. That in, in that the was a it's so subtle. Yeah, that was an element that was very lost on me mm -hmm. um, until I saw the you know the HD right. version of it 
where I could see the frogs mm-hmm. like on the in the hallway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because uh, at the end uh, the beast uses a frog style <laughs> and it felt very out of place like out of nowhere like it felt like it came out of left field mm-hmm. but I guess uh, there were subtle nods. To yeah, it, I, w- I wish they maybe g- made it a little more obvious with the frogs. <laughs> right. I don't know. That 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 would be all for that. Yeah. No, I agree. It is. It's comedic. It's almost as bad as the uh, cat style from Magnificent Butcher. <laughs> 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 Anyways, so uh, yeah, we have these three heroes, and you know, like you said it before, it, it's a little bit more grounded. Um, there are some more fantastical elements out of it, like when uh, he's kicking up dust. One of the one of the bow staff masters. He's using uh using that to kick up dust in the 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 alley, and you know like obviously that doesn't work that way. But you know like well you know whatever. why they're doing that right? It's a cartoon fight. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel I feel like this is uh it works because it's in the, the beginning of the movie, so they're you know they're establishing it. Yes, they're great, but they're not as good as the later fights, right? Yeah, or yeah. the later fighters. So it works well because Samo was probably not in his element doing. Mm-hmm you know this kind of choreography so he's just like okay i'm gonna do this and i'm out of the movie well you know you know it's funny there is no resolution to this fight mm-hmm. once the cloud clouds of dust kind of take over the entire alley it cuts to the next scene yeah. it's almost like uh, and this is just me talking out of my ass but mm-hmm. sam was like i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> and they didn't know how to they didn't know how to end the fight so they because it's all digital if yeah. you look at it, all the right. dust is digital it's almost like they just took the footage they had, mm-hmm. they added the CG dust to it, and right. then they just cut. Like, oh, we got our asses kicked. <laughs> and then, like, even the clothes flapping or, or like, mm-hmm. anything, a flag of any sort that's flapping, that's all CGI, yeah, too. Right. It's that's not, true. like, yeah. most of the scene is CGI. Yeah. I'm going to back up a little bit. There's that moment where Xing Yu, well, he's the first one who steps up, right? So he's, he's taking on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that, like... It starts off with there being very simple choreography. Simple, not, not in a bad way. Simple as in, like, um, grounded in reality. But He's um, just doing a lot of kicks. Yeah, he's doing a lot of great kicks, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's convincing enough. Uh, you know, obviously, there's the fantastical element where he launches a guy in the air with one leg and then kicks him with the same leg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like, little things like that. But then it, it devolves into him fending off all these Axe gang members and they swarm him like mm-hmm. like you you complain about this in, in other films where like you see all these people hanging out in the background like but they're all swarming him and he's just pushing them right right well it finally turns into they kind of mm-hmm. dogpiling yeah dogpiling yeah yeah, yeah uh, and, which, which i liked yeah yeah, yeah. well obviously the other heroes come in and they they say they help him out and it becomes you know more level mm-hmm. you know level in that regard right it's it's very fun because as as an audience member you're like you first you see him save the day by catching the lighter right. and then the tailor reveals that oh he is also a fighter and he uses those rings that they kept on visually alluding yep. to mm-hmm. and now he's coming in and kicking ass mm-hmm. and then you finally get the third guy mm-hmm. that i guess he was a kanji maker right right yeah. uh, mm-hmm. i don't know if this was his name but in the subtitles he was donut <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> which i, I, I don't, don't know. know why i don't know yeah yeah i don't know why they they called him that but then he comes in and he's protecting them from gunfire because mm-hmm. of the Axe Gang. They they took out their Tommy guns from mm-hmm. the uh, right from but, the trunk uh, of the car. That's true. I thought, that's sorry, not... I thought it was because he makes food and he makes donuts. <laughs> Chinese donuts. Oh, they, we do kind of have Chinese donuts. Kind of. They don't taste like donuts, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot about that. You just mentioned it where he, where one of them throws the the bow staff and it, it cuts through all those uh, those Tommy guns like you said before. 
Yeah, I totally forgot about that. I guess that's more CG that it was Samuel very, wasn't ready very for. CG, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's like, so I don't have a problem with Yuno Ping's choreography. It because I think he was there to help make it look cartoony, uh, and Stephen Chow was really going. I don't want to say overboard. He was really exaggerating a lot of the kung fu here mm-hmm, right. because there aren't. Uh, min- minus this this first battle, there aren't so many times where you actually get long takes of people fighting without the assistance of CG. Yeah. Later on, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of CG. And not that it's a bad thing. It works for the story. I, maybe that's a direct parable, a parallel to Matrix. It starts off relatively grounded, mm-hmm. kind of cartoony, <laughs> and at the end, it becomes a Dragon Ball Z fight. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Fucking... much, Yeah. <laughs> Well, it does it better than The Matrix or how The Matrix ends up being, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone loves The Matrix Revolutions, right? Everyone loves that movie. Yeah. Hmm. Sure. So anyways, <laughs> that's the first fight. Uh, and then Samo said, fuck you guys. Probably a lot less coarse than that. But yeah, he said no. Um, they've got Yun Ping. And I, I, for the what the film is, he's definitely more suited for the, the role of yeah. action choreographer. Um, I do like the second fight a little bit more, uh, because it's just the perfect blend of being, um, like what suited for this movie, you know, it's, it's, it's cartoony, but it's not over the top. (laughs) Uh, elaborate on what the second fight is again. So the second fight is when the three masters, they're told to leave. Okay. They're they're evicted. They're, they're told because, you know, the landlady, landlord, Yunwa and, other lady uh don't want them there because they might cause trouble and you learn later why they're you know they want them to leave but um they're leaving but all of them get accosted by you know assassins yes uh, assassins who play a uh young com i know zither 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 okay i only know in chinese it's a very long uh stringed instrument right right it's great i like what what it is um in like the way that it's uh, portrayed in this movie because mm-hmm. they're, they're just playing music and yeah. you just see these uh these slices in the air right. like a la avatar the last airbender kind of thing. <laughs> like what, these wind slices yeah what you certain what you find out is uh when they strum mm-hmm. notes along the strings that there are actually kind of like hidden blades right. in mm-hmm. there um, I don't know if it's spiritual. Ma- I maybe. think it's spiritual. Spiritual, okay. Probably. But um, what happens is they use those this mm-hmm. against the three masters now. And so where in the first fight we were able to see these three masters take on a big gang of people, now you see that they are actually uh, a little outmatched from these two guys who are using these kind of right. spiritual kung fu elements. Yeah, yeah. And the best part about it is like they're not just playing. Like they're not just like banging on the, the the zither in order to get all these uh, you know like as much out there as possible they're actually playing music so mm-hmm. it's a nice diegetic way of incorporating music into the fight scene yeah uh you know and also having a fight scene mm-hmm. uh you know one you know like i don't want to talk about how how what who dies in the fight but well you, you kind of have to regardless, but uh, one of the things about before this death occurs, it's actually the least action mm-hmm. in a fight, mm-hmm. and it works so damn well because of the visuals right before, and the cause of death is a beheading, mm-hmm. um, and there's really no fighting back. You just take it and you die. Yeah. Well, uh, he, or yeah. he takes it and he dies. Yeah, right. But 
Um, but there's this one moment where a cat... So basically they're playing music and or the one guy is, and these blades are flying through the air. And it's weird. It's like he's taunting him before he kills him. Mm -hmm. And then he's cutting, like, trees down, and he's cutting pots and stuff open. But as he's as, as the guy's walking away, he doesn't right, realize it. Yeah. Right. And it's all happening behind him. So you have just this, like, forward part, or the right hand of the screen is him just moving forward, and then all right behind him, the left-hand side of the screen is just things getting cut up and mm -hmm. just butchered. And then all of a sudden, like a cat who's just like yawning on top <laughs> of this uh, low house, this roof, jumps off. And all you see is the shadow because the cat jumps out of frame. And all of a sudden, yes. the blade cuts right through the cat and it splits into two. And then you think it's over, but then all of a sudden, blood splatters <laughs> back onto the building where he jumped from. And it was just like, that's fucking epic. See, the version we saw in theaters didn't yeah. have that. Yeah. That's... Well, they had the cat, but getting cut in half, but you didn't see you the didn't blood. You didn't see the blood. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And then eventually. Well, no, no cats getting murdered isn't fantastic. But, you <laughs> I know, support the. No, what? No, don't, don't say that. Someone's <laughs> got clipped that <laughs> out of context. Um. Yeah, so like you know, like you said before, this that it, you know that happens, but it's a good setup for these characters. You know, they're they're menacing, mm -hmm. um, and there's really not much that these people can do because they're they are long distance attackers. You know, right. they, they, you can't approach them. It's a good um, it's a good distance fight if that's the way, mm -hmm. way yeah. you describe it. The the mm -hmm. one thing I really like about this fight is in the previous fight they set up the strengths of all the fighters mm -hmm. so we have the tailor who has the iron rings mm -hmm. around his uh wrists mm -hmm. and then you have uh the kanji maker who has um his, his, the, the bow staff yeah the bow staff. and so what i was mentioning earlier with the escalation of power what happens is the tailor's rings get completely destroyed mm -hmm. right in the beginning of this fight so yeah. you know now where He's he stands com compared <laughs> to the other guys yeah and what's really interesting is when the kanji maker comes in, he comes in with these floating spears. So I guess that he does have some sp right. possible spiritual powers to him too. Mm -hmm. And it becomes, and you can see that he is clearly skilled because he's kind of able to swipe away the swords that are coming at him mm -hmm. from the harpist. But I think they're just that much more powerful from him. Mm -hmm. And it's a great scene because you have the music ramping up you have them slowly just throwing like more and more swords at him yeah. as he's slowly floating towards them with his many spears. Right. And it's just all his spears are getting knocked away and they're just constantly, constantly throwing these swords. And you you kind of think he might be able to do it. Like he he actually does reach them because there is that distance. Yeah, right. And then mm -hmm. you find out, no, they're actually more powerful mm -hmm. and he just like obliterates them. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, they all get taken down now mm -hmm. one way or another because, you know, they, they I, like I said before, like they were just playing casually, playing music and then just one hard strum and everything that they, they worked for is just ruined, you know, destroyed. Uh, but we do get a good reveal of how they get, you know, these um, two harpists i guess yes they, they you know they get defeated with uh you know a character who you know steps you know, finally gets into the fray i don't know how we can talk about the, these two people without spoiling the movie you really can't like you have to, you yeah just, we kind of have to yeah. say who they are well you know we can talk about their powers but we won't say who they are sure one yeah. Uh, okay yeah that, okay. that would be a good way to do that. uh one is it's like a rubber man <laughs> <laughs> yeah one's a rubber man um uh, he, he's very flexible, incredibly. He, he, he's flexible. Luffy from One Piece. 
I don't know what that. What is yeah, that reference? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. I'm ashamed of all of you. You and your animu. Um, he's he's like a, a fucking cloud. <laughs> yeah. How would you describe it? Like he can absorb blows, and it's like he's weightless because yeah, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't take the impact of any right. hits. It just kind of flies off. He of him. Fly, yeah. He, well, and he flies back as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this moment, I think in it's like fighting how, a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the uh, sub when I remember reading it and watching it, it was just that he is able to take blows without getting any bodily harm. I don't remember right. anything about um, lightweight body necessarily, mm-hmm. but I could have missed that. Mm-hmm. No, no, you see it visually though. That, yeah, like I don't think they like, ever. I don't think they up. ever say what his power is, but it's mm-hmm. very, very clear yeah. what his power is because uh, this is just the strength of the director. They show you. They, they clearly show you like the fits bouncing off of him mm-hmm. and then hitting the other right. opponent. They're, it's they're, cartoony. It's very cartoony. Yeah. They're using it for comedy mm-hmm. right now that uh, you you can't get a hit on him. Mm-hmm. Pretty much right. Oh, and band. talk about like one of the harpists is actually one of our uh, our regulars on our show. Uh, uh, Feng Ho, Feng Ho. Oh my god, I'm, I'm fucking up right. I forgot your name. Sorry, uh, but he was the pervert from Magnificent Butcher, uh, and the guy who gets fucking flipped onto his stomach onto an escalator in Police Story. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. Uh-huh. Uh, no, but literally, he, he's dead. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, uh, the other character, uh, I don't want to spoil it. Like, even though I feel like even telling, saying the person's power is enough to spoil it, but this person has this ability to create large wind chambers. Is that way, <laughs> shock waves. Let's shock waves. Yeah, shock yeah, waves. There, there you go. Well, right. they call the power the lion's roar. Oh, come on, that's a spoiler right there. Not really. I think no. so. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. Don't analyze it too much. Yeah, Just watch yeah. the movie. <laughs> well, I can really spoil this. <laughs> no, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, one one you can call a victim of domestic violence, and then the other you can call <laughs> the abuser. And then the uh, God. the uh, the vocal part, the lion's roar comes into part as a, okay. as well, the abuser. They're set up for that too. Like we we're talking about how the the three heroes get set up throughout the movie. Actually, all the heroes have set up. Yeah, yeah. That's um, what I like about it. There's a lot of um, foreshadowing to the things that happen. Yeah. Um, especially in this fight when uh, I'm just gonna call him the Rubber Man. I don't know what else to call him. <laughs> he does this thing when he's fighting the Harpus. Yeah where he uh, flips them mm-hmm. like with one hand, like he spins them yep. and they fall on the ground. I didn't realize it, uh, but that comes into play later when he fights the beast. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of I course. thought that was... It doesn't really, work. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then he, he kind of turns it on, uh, uh, turns the tides on him and does right. it to him in a more extreme way, which I thought was really fun. Right, right. Um, yeah, but there's really not too much about, like in terms of choreography here though. A lot of it's just CG. Yeah. It's just CG, yeah. and then the fight ends. Uh, the villains, you know, they, they retreat. And then, you know, we, we get introduced to our next villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, menacing because he, he doesn't, he just looks like a, uh, a washed up, <laughs> washed up, uh, like, retiree. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, even the characters in the movie feel this. Like, yeah. They're like, are you sure? The guy looks like a bum. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, I think we were reading this uh, before the, the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Chow casted uh, Bruce Leung for the role of the the beast and 
uh, for the auditioning, uh, Bruce Leung like showed up, and uh, Stephen Chadwickson was like, "Oh man, you have so much hair! Like that's that like you make me look terrible." But mm-hmm. it turned out that was a wig. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as soon as he, as soon as he removed the wig, that's the that's the look that we got for this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he he you know he's he has that old man comb over. Look. Yeah, yeah, he's flapping yeah. in the wind. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, I kind of mentioned this a little earlier. Uh, one of the things I like about Stephen Chow movies is uh, his characters are, I don't want to say visually appealing. Mm-hmm. They're visually striking. So uh, it, they're not always the beautiful uh, Hollywood uh, Chinese cinema actors or actresses. Like something's like off about them. They kind of look like regular people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't want to say ugly. Sometimes <laughs> they are. Sometimes they are just ugly, visually it's, it's displeasing, <laughs> and that and but it's deliberate though, right. deliberate though, because you get a sense when you see this guy that there's no way he could be a master, there's no way he could take at anyone, right. but uh, he very very clearly shows that he has the skills right. to to now fight the people of Pigsty Alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that moment where he blocks the, the bullet between his fingers mm-hmm. and i thought that was cute i like that a lot it's mm-hmm. it's so cartoony but it just it just works here yeah yeah it's a good usage of slow-mo although again it's cartoony i like yeah. when his hand comes in from <laughs> off of frame <laughs> yeah. like it was clearly cut out <laughs> and it just it just comes in and catches the bullet uh yeah there's, there's good chinese martial arts philosophy that, that he's he spouts as well and it's it's, it's nice uh, you know, trying to play up that whole, uh, uh, you know, angle, you know, when it comes to like, uh, you, know, pro- you know, Chinese proverbs and such. Um, but then we have our next fight. It's kind of weird, this, the setup of this. And it wasn't until like subsequent viewings of this uh, that I realized that the, um, the two people that we were talking about before on the hero side, they show they're already at the hideouts mm-hmm. um, because they already planned to show up there. Mm-hmm. I like uh, that, actually. Yeah, well, it cuts the movie down a little bit. Well, because you know what was going to happen. It too coincidental. It, it was going to be like they now had to go back to the alley. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It was just going to be a back and forth. I like that they hired the beast. He's like, all right, well, let me go get him. And it's like, oh, they're here. <laughs> yeah, right. Great. So I was like, perfect, perfect. That's how you do it. You don't need to see the car driving and yeah. then maybe they have asinine dialogue. Right. So right. It, it was it was just right. Well, in, in terms of like why they're there it makes sense you know like they're they're doing some sort of quote-unquote peace offering kind of thing is that what it was yeah they brought a bell i thought that was a funeral bell oh well yeah i guess well i I mean it's some sort of like thing to you know try end this whole uh this feud right Mm -hmm. that's that's the way i looked at it um yeah so like we we have this this fight that goes on between these guys you know Uh, we have the two versus bruce leung um and you know it's it's weird because uh, there there is a lot of CG in this as well because we have oh god actors <laughs> well I mean not in a bad way because again oh yeah yeah not the, in a the, bad way um, but you do have older actors yes you uh, there's definitely a limitation to what you can do with them mm-hmm. and you need to protect them so uh, <laughs> they're there, for real. yeah there's a there's a lot <laughs> of times bones. where hits don't connect mm-hmm. there's uh, only yeah. so much ensure that you can have in your system before you know everything starts breaking up breaking yeah down. yeah uh, and we, we talk about this sometimes with the framing of the camera mm-hmm. and when somebody throws a hit at somebody you can clearly see the distance mm-hmm. here that happens but i'm i, I mean i've I kind of forgive that because yes you have the older actors you don't you really don't want to 
accidentally punch him in the face. Right. That could be detrimental. You know, it's funny because uh, Bruce Leung is, I mean, I assume like 40s, 50, maybe 50, you know, 50s or 60s uh, in this movie. And he delivers this really flexible axe kick. Uh, he like he brings his leg all the way up you know and he slams it down. You know there's CG there. Right? No, but huh. you, you don't. You see that. You see him do it. No, no, no. no not no. when he's actually like kicking down. He destroys his fucking table. No, no, That's no. CG. Yeah, no, I know. When he winds up and you have that uh, that top down angle and mm-hmm. you see the foot large in frame. That's a CG foot. I, isn't there? I feel like there's another angle where you see him looking at the camera. I know which one you're talking about. There's mm-hmm. one where he's looking. Away there's from the there's camera. the wind up and then there's a the literal kick down. Oh. He's doing the kick down, mm-hmm. but when you do the wind up, I think they were oh, you, they you were, were exaggerating right. the size of the foot. So mm-hmm. that that's when it turns into CG. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you might be right about that. But I mean, this devolves into a lot of uh, fantastical, explosive kind of movements here. We have. Uh, you know, like you mentioned before, one of the characters twists the arm and it doesn't work because he's just invulnerable to that and he ends up, you know, doing it back to them and it, it destroys their entire sleeve. Yeah. Of clothes. I, I like, I'm a big fan of the clothing destruction <laughs> by CGI. It's it's so silly, but... I think they did it better in, in Shaolin Soccer. Well, they, they literally re- destroyed right. everything. Well, they reference it again in this, actually. Yeah. Uh, I just like the power level, the, the explanation. Like, my body's really strong, but my clothes aren't strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have the, the whole clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the stretchy underpants. <laughs> but we get lots of, yeah, lots of CG-assisted uh, stuff here, like when they're, attack- when they're literally attacking the beast's face yeah and you see the foot oh, yeah. <laughs> you know the feet flying from one end and another and it's literally like it's squashing mushing, yeah. and mushing his face together you know, it's fun play-doh yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. it's fun it's it's silly yeah. um yeah like i can't i don't want to call it i don't want to say this is not choreography but this is not the choreography that usually i like to deconstruct because mm-hmm. it it uh, there is a lot of uh, assistance from wires here yeah, in, in CGI, so like I'm not, I'm not looking at the moves because they're going for a lot of power. Yeah, here. for sure. Yeah, there's lots of big, big movements where they're they're just trying to take this guy down. <laughs> and there's just a lot of floaty moments everywhere mm-hmm. around. So like you were saying, it's hard to just be like, oh, it's critique this and this. It's just yeah. like it's just the style of um what he determined he was going to do in in all the reactions everything from the first Mm -hmm. fight uh, this first major fight to the last major fight and so on Mm -hmm. yeah uh we we went from more ground the grounded uh fight in the first move the first fight in the uh the movie and then we started moving in the direction of wuxia and then now we're going the direction of like godlike powers (laughs) yeah pretty much Uh, everyone can do these uh things that you know aren't physically possible um, literally, you know, yeah. it's, it goes beyond just flying across the room. We're talking about like destroying tables with one kick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff like that. And that, I can't, yeah, you know, like it literally keeps going in that direction. Like it gets more and more fantastical because that now we have our final fight. I, I, um, I would say it's always been fantastical. Mm-hmm. It's just getting exponentially. Yes. Yes. That's like, what I mean, yeah. Right. It gets sillier and sillier and literally... Uh, OP's not even a good word anymore. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he does. <laughs> he, he becomes a god yeah. at the end. Um, so we haven't talked much about Stephen Chow in this movie. Um, and this isn't... I can't say this is a spoiler because it's, if, if, if you've seen trailers, you look at the box art, and you're like, you, you know he's going to be the, the final. You know, He's somehow going to turn into the, the, uh, 
the well he he is in the, the messiah l- of kung fu uh, <laughs> i mean i guess it wasn't always known but mm-hmm. it's it's not really a spoiler because so for me i wasn't too crazy about this story element where mm-hmm. he does in fact he isn't he does get the powers to fight the beast mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't really um that good at fighting before but you they did allude to the fact yes. that he had something. And they allude to the fact that he's a good person. Yes. Uh, multiple yes. times. So, like every instance where like some some magical thing happened to prevent uh, some catastrophe, like uh, it, it turned out it's because of him. Mm-hmm. Like that uh, that moment in the very beginning where uh, uh, one excellent gang uh, member is about to like smack uh, like smack someone in the head with the uh, with the, an axe, like you just see a whole bunch of cuts. Like, you don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. And no one can see it because it's so fast. And then you see the axe, you know, the, the axe member, he's inside a barrel. And he's like, did anyone see what happened? That was Stephen Chow's character. Was that? Yes. I was so sure that was the Cooley character. No, no it wasn't. No? It was, that was Stephen Chow. That was his character. They nev- so because they never said who did it. No one said who did it, but it's, it's, a, it's inferred that it was Stephen really? Chow. That's how fast he is. Hmm. Yeah. I never got that, actually. Okay. I never got that that was him. I always thought it was one of the masters and then because the coolie is the first one to reveal himself i thought that was him hmm. maybe it's my interpretation of it but i feel like it, that's most fitting for the movie right because he's he's trying so hard to be bad but he's just but he's actually a good person good. oh well now yeah. that you say that in terms of his character mm-hmm. that would make sense but i never got that because the coolie is the one to reveal right. first but reveal the himself coolie never demonstrated that he can move so fast no one can see him you know <laughs> okay Stephen chow's that, character that, right. seems like a fucking He's the Flash. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, he's Superman, as you can, you know, but minus the heat beams out of his eyes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so our final fight starts off with... Uh, <laughs> well, it's another one versus many. One versus many, but now we've got... We've literally gone Matrix Reloaded on this. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is Matrix Revolutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, Stephen Chow is taking on everybody. Like um, the entire Axe gang. Yeah. Literally, yeah. like, hundreds of them. Yeah, and you know, it, it starts off with him being evasive. He's just doing child childish maneuvers. Childish as in like he's not like retaliating. All he's doing is just stomping people's toes <laughs> into the ground. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's like knocking everyone around. I I don't think the comedy works, but I feel like whatever. It, it you know, it's this is a disposable scene. He's just like showing that he's strong. That's that's the yeah, whole point of this. Yeah, and I think for me, why. Uh, this is my least favorite of the fights is because I I don't like how he got overpowered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wish there was a better way that he was able to become so powerful mm-hmm. so suddenly. It works, I guess, in the context of the story, but for me, I, I don't know. I wanted something else from it. I don't think he had much of a character throughout the movie, so I didn't feel... I didn't feel like there was a... a like some sort of... A, not empathy. What's the word I'm looking for? The, the, like I didn't feel like... I related to him as mm-hmm. much like when he got to this moment and he's he you know he rose above all the quote-unquote tribulations about the film and now he's like the main main hero of the movie i feel like that wasn't as earned yeah yeah i like the story arc of him trying to be a bad person and then ultimately he's a good guy like mm-hmm. he can't escape that right. but for him to be the good guy who is now literally overpowered i don't like that part of it mm, right 
Yeah, then, yeah, you're right. Uh, and I don't know how we can, we can analyze it. It's just cartoony. Like, there's no other way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, it, po- it literally does poke fun of uh, both Matrix sequels. Uh, you get the Burly fight. Um, and I, I like what, he's, what they do here is you have that top-down angle, mm-hmm. and you see all the guys rushing into him. Yeah. And every time this happens in other films, I can't not hear pinball sound effects. <laughs> Because that's what they do in this film. He's literally kicking the guys away, and you hear the, you know, the the springs and the pings. It's a little on the nose for me, but okay. <laughs> and then, uh, and then he starts kicking the guys literally into the air, mm-hmm. and you get that shot of all the the henchmen mm-hmm. um, flying in the sky. I don't mm-hmm. know. I like that. I thought that was fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, a little too much on the nose for me, but that, maybe that's personal taste. But I mean, this is where the movie was going ultimately. Yeah, yeah, though. yeah. I know, I know. Uh, but I mean, like, yeah, like it, it's it's fine for what it is. I just didn't find it hilarious. I know I know they're going for comedy here, mm-hmm. um, so it, it's fine. Like the I guess the highlight of this last fight is seeing Bruce Leung take on Stephen Chow. Um, it's okay. It really is just mim- mimicking what you see in Revolutions. Uh, you know, like Agent Smith taking on Neo. Like they're flying through the air now. Yeah. Like, like Supermen. Yeah. And dodging each other. Yeah. It, in terms of choreography, there's not too much to write home about. Yeah. There is one great sequence where Stephen Chow and Bruce Leung do have uh, um, hand-to-hand combat stuff going mm-hmm. on. It's very, very short, very brief. Right. And considering the man's age, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, he, look, he looks pretty good. Yeah. It's very, very, very short. It then turns into cartoony where Stephen Chow starts like machine gun punching at him, and then you get that over ramping sound effect. Yeah. But before that, if you were looking for grounded choreography, that was the moment. Yeah, because at the end of it, it just turned into an anime fight. And I was like, I don't care. Literally. About this. Yeah, I don't care. Literally, an anime fight. <laughs> literally, but, but, it's, he, but he it's delivers for the final blow. He's like, Kaioken! And it's right. just. He, like a giant palm comes down from the, the Buddha's sky. Palm, but yeah. I will say the Buddhist stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, I see what they're trying to do here. You know, Stephen Chow being a devout Buddhist and whatnot. And, um, and they reference it in the beginning right. too, right? With, oh, yeah, with him as a kid, yeah, getting the Buddhist palm manual. So. And and also actually, um, one of the parts he didn't mention that references it again is when he's healing. Well, not to give away his power, um, but when he's healing himself inside Com- the power of comedy no Stephen Chow. <laughs> no go on Samuel Hung. um he's inside the traffic light oh yes and yes. The, he's doing actually all of these forms and you kind of see like the potential he has and what power level he's really at or mm-hmm. and he, I, I don't think he realizes him himself he's just like going through like a motion right and then you well he he does mention that yeah like, later oh, on yeah, yeah he's uh, his friend says like how come after every like every fight or something you're miraculously healed he's like yeah. oh i don't know i yeah. don't remember like you disappear <laughs> then you come back healed and yeah. then like mm-hmm. so even he didn't know what's yeah going on. and right. and actually comes up the traffic light comes back again later because um his friend is like staring at it and like looking at the fist or, or the palm you see actually. all the palms yeah. Yeah. yeah so another reference to the book uh, in the beginning yeah yeah uh, I don't. I don't know what else to say about the choreography. It's not. This is one of those weird, uh, rare episodes where we don't. Yeah, the choreography is there, but I, there's not much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about what this movie stands for, and then all no, the movie ends actually after this. Like it, the the story wraps up. 
and supposedly we're gonna get Kung Fu Hustle two. I don't know if that's still happening. Yeah, it's but, happening. But how it's does happening. but how does he get defeated? But how is he gonna face any more uh, challenges? He's fucking Goku. <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe this. maybe it'll be a midquel. Where they no where something happens in between the movie right right well they explain how this happened and don't give them ideas zero don't give them ideas maybe oh you think Stephen Chow is gonna be in in the movie I would love it if he was in he hasn't acted in forever I know I I don't think he's gonna be in I I think I think his thing now is he is trying to propel maybe like the current uh, actors and actresses Mm -hmm. and he's using um, his his well known movies to have them in it now yeah but like i said before no one's gonna get his timing no one has his on-screen presence like mm-hmm. him you know he can get all these actors he wants but he like he he's he's an okay director well i mean, I mean he's a great director but it's a com- culmination of that and his his presence on screen it's yeah. like when you have someone else doing his delivery it doesn't work mm-hmm. um no i get that yeah i don't again i don't want to get back into that can of worms um so Kung Fu Hustle, the the uh, love letter to Kung Fu movies. Uh, is it as good as everyone thinks it is? Is it as amazing as everyone thinks it is? Everyone talk except me because I don't want to shit on it <laughs> so much. By the criteria of like everything mm-hmm. together, um, it works very well. Because mm-hmm. even if you hate one thing, there's going to be something else that you love. Right. It's a hate-love kind of relationship throughout the film whether it's music whether it's cinematography cgi kung fu um plot um character uh backstories you know anything Mm -hmm. you're gonna love something you're gonna hate something but overall it's a pretty damn good movie um yeah in terms Um, of the production in terms of um i mean no i mean like you you can you can hate production but you can love something else and then that i don't know I, i don't think there's much middle ground for this movie um where you could be like yeah okay kind of it's plateauing it it, like all the way through like no there's very big highs and um there's some big lows uh cgi would be one of them for me Mm -hmm. uh that's just the personal thing but Mm -hmm. um but then every other high just brings it back up again above the average and it keeps going and it keeps going and it's fantastic um Okay. Definite recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, just like a, a staple because it's completely different from every wuxia kind of journey martial arts film that everybody's used to, right. and it has a nice western twist to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'll go next because I think I want to. I want to end this with a more positive note because I, because <laughs> you know me, I'm I'm the I'm negative Nancy. Hmm. Um, I I like the movie enough. I, it's that, I've seen a lot of Stephen Chow movies. I grew up with him uh, in my household, so I do think it's not as good as his other films. But uh, and I know what Stephen Chow's trying, Chow's trying to do. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a good send off, uh, send up to kung, kung fu films, and I, I appreciate this film for what it is. But um, I don't like I, I can't disassociate what Stephen Chow means for me because uh, you know I, I want I go to a Stephen Chow movie for comedy right so like we were talking about before it, this movie I don't think of, of the choreography at all like I just think about the movie as a whole uh, like in other aspects right so like that 
that for one is uh, me telling you right now to not watch the fight scenes on YouTube. It's <laughs> like definitely just watch the movie. It's mm-hmm. like it's like there's no point in just watching that the was, fight scenes. That was pretty much my recommendation for fights too. Like yeah, out, out of context, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't like make not sense. Even that entertaining. It honestly. takes away from it for sure. Yeah, yeah. You need the context behind everything. Um, my biggest gripe with the movie is it's way too simple, and that's a huge gripe for me. It's that's why I like Challenge Soccer way more. It's uh. It takes the kung fu aspects that I I like, and incorporates the comedy that I know Chow is known for, and it's just perfect. Like for me, it's perfect. And if you ended it there, that would be great. But this movie, Kung Fu Hustle, did really well internationally, and all the things that Mark said are still very valid. It's like it works in Western audiences. Some things in Challenge Soccer might not be translatable. Um, so I, I understand that. You mean the girls with mustaches playing soccer? Huh. Yeah, that was lost on me. I don't think I don't think that worked for me either. <laughs> uh, or when, oh God, did you watch the dub when uh, he, <sighs> he calls one of the the girls ET? You look like ET. I'm like that does that's not what he said. Like, what did he say there? He, he look you look you look weird. You look like an alien. But like, don't say oh, he ET. Said, oh, he said alien. Yeah, yeah don't yeah. say ET. Right. That's mm-hmm. dumb. Um, but anyways. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle has wider appeal, so I appreciate it for that. Uh, it really is a shame for me that like I find the story way, way, way too simple. Because um, it, it is just, uh, the good guys do this, now the bad guys do this, now the good guys do this. Um, and the comedy is the biggest selling point for Chow's movies, and it's not there for me. So, um, yeah, I, there's a lot more of his movies I would recommend, but that's not from a martial arts standpoint. That's just because they're better movies, in my opinion. Um, but uh, still a good movie. You know, like, you really can't go wrong with it. Definitely give it a watch. Give it a couple passes because there's always something you miss, you know, you know the first time around. Because, you know, like, last time we watched it, I noticed things that I didn't, you know, notice last time. Uh, needs sub- subsequent viewings. Choreography-wise, not not worth it at all. It, it's It's kind of weird mm-hmm. for a kung fu podcast you know uh, to talk about this and not praise the kung fu in it but you know it, it's it's fine you know, like you need to watch it with context without it it's you know there's no point to it and uh yeah that's that's my that's my middle ground answer let's let's <laughs> end with something a little bit more positive zero i mean yeah i mean basically both of what you guys said is like how i feel too mm-hmm. um the choreography is just okay. Uh, I think because there's so much CGI in it, uh, it can uh, detract from people who like uh, more grounded fights. So yeah, don't watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you do need the context. They are. I feel like the fights are good uh, because um, because the story and the characters propel them. So you feel um, you feel like you want them to win. You want them to overcome the bad guys mm-hmm. because you get to know these characters and that's how it should be you know you 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 root for the good guys mm-hmm. uh and it and it and it feels good when they win right um yeah uh, i i like stephen chow movies uh i like this one it i'm a westerner <laughs> so uh i appreciate the more western appeal but i like his other stuff too uh i i i know you like uh shallon soccer more for me they're they're two different movies so i i wouldn't say one is better than the other mm-hmm. I do think that yes, this one is just a lot more easily uh, accessible for for people who don't know his stuff. Yeah, like 
if if you were going to recommend uh to an american like oh what steven shell movie should i watch like you i think most people would say oh yeah just go with kung fu hustle first yeah and then you could probably go backwards from there right um yeah that's about it, it it's unfortunate uh you're, you're correct where this doesn't have this isn't as funny i think as some of his uh, other comedies but i did like i did like a lot of the visual gags so it, it still it still worked for me yeah no, yeah, you know, it's it's not. I'm not saying it's not funny. Dude, that fucking knife thing is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the whole movie as a whole is not hilarious. You know, it just. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I will watch. Don't watch the fight scenes for this movie, but watch that knife scene. <laughs> it is the fucking fucking funniest thing I've ever seen. That's the only thing that you can watch as without a clip. A context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a YouTube video. I would gift that yeah. and send it to people. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> That's a long gift. <laughs> <laughs>